Welcome to the Soul Church Sunday Service Podcast. I'm going to read to you just a few of those verses again uh, from Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to talk to God and ask him to talk to each one of us. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance. Because to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Lamb that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. But lamb that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak of this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case, things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, please as you speak tonight now. Lord, help me, give me the words to say. Lord, help everyone here to listen. Lord, give them ears to hear and a heart to receive your word. Lord, please speak and save and encourage and convict. Lord, be real to us now, we pray, through your word, in your name. Amen. So this is one of the most serious passages in all of the Bible. Throughout the book of Hebrews, over the last few months, we have heard numerous warnings, haven't we? The writer of the Hebrews is saying, pay attention, listen carefully, hold firm, do not harden your heart. But this is the strongest of the warnings, and it's the centre of all the warnings. The the writer of the Hebrews is worried about those in the church who are in danger of falling away. In danger of turning their back on Jesus and going back to the old way of life. Going back to their fruitless thinking and empty way of life. They are in danger. They are in danger of hell. The stakes couldn't be higher. The stakes couldn't be higher for the people in this church. And they couldn't be higher for you as well in this church. Every week here we, we offer you the hope of Jesus. We sing about him. We pray to him. And we talk about him. Asking him to talk to you. Don't we? We've just done that. This isn't just a social club. It's not just a community project or hub. This is life and death. Heaven and hell. This is of eternal importance. It doesn't get bigger than this. Every week in church, and in fact the Bible says every day, everywhere, God sets before us, before you, life and death, blessings and curse, Abundance and barrenness. The choice 
The good news and the hope of Jesus is offered to you. That you can live your life of sin and self-reliance and you can find forgiveness. You can find hope. You can find peace and eternal life. Lynn, you're really distracting me. Can you stop fussing? Is that all right? You're really distracting me. Thanks, mate. The worst type of danger, or rather, the most dangerous type of danger, is the danger that you are unaware of. When you don't realise that you're in danger. Uh, my little niece was born the other week, and she was pretty tiny. And she had to stay in the NICU, in the, in the baby unit there, for a bit. And she's doing well, and she's doing great. But all the doctors agreed that it was a miracle that she arrived safely. She had a very rare problem, which I was told has a 1% survival rate, where all the blood vessels that normally like, attack, are inside like, the placenta were on the outside. So they're on the outside, so they're very easily damaged and disrupted, which could basically cause the baby to die in the womb. Now, her mum and dad were totally unaware of this condition until she was born. Which in one sense was a relief for their nerves, isn't it? They were, they were kind of glad, because everything's okay, the baby arrived safe. They were glad they didn't know, because they would have had to worry about it, and, and, and it would have been a big deal, wouldn't it, obviously? It felt like ignorance was bliss for them, because everything turned out all right. But because they didn't know, they could have put that baby in situations that were far more risky, couldn't they? Not knowing that she was in danger meant that she was in more danger than as if they had known. Does that make sense? Yeah? Just like a child who's happily playing on the, the edge of a cliff, oblivious of the steep drop behind them, isn't it? I've been that child in the past. I grew up in Cornwall. Or, I don't know, uh, people who are going hiking, aren't they? In grizzly bear country, not realising that they're wandering between a mama bear, a sow, and her cubs. And they're likely to get their faces mauled off, aren't they? Not knowing you're in danger can put you, put you in more danger. The greatest danger that any of us face is the danger of eternal damnation in hell. Of being separated from the life of God forever. In being stuck with your sin and your shame for all time. Forever and ever and ever. Well, maybe you're thinking, that. well, I kind of know that. That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's why you're in church. You want to try and avoid that. But as the writer of the Hebrews tells us, even people in church can be in danger. That's the warning. This writer is warning them against. That's what God is warning you against tonight. I want you to know that you can grow up in church, kids. You can grow up in church. You can taste and see that the Lord is good. You can enjoy the life of the church. Get to do all the cool stuff. Love singing the songs. Get to take communion. You can get all the benefits of being part of the church. 
You can be a, a child of the church. Literally, the Bible says the promise is for you. The good news of Jesus, it's for you. It's promised to you. It's, it's yours for the taking. You can know the gospel is yours. You know that God's real. You can see it because your parents know it and the people who love you in church know it. But just like the people in the ancient church in Israel, like we read in, earlier in Hebrews, isn't it, in chapter 3, they had the same gospel preached to them, but it was of no value. They died in the desert and they're in hell. Why? Well, they had the promises. They saw God doing the miracles. They had the good news of Jesus proclaimed to them, just like we do, and yet they failed to combine it with faith. It's possible to be physically part of the church and not really part of the church. Not spiritually joined to the family of God. In fact, the Old Testament is full of people who didn't inherit the promise, who tasted the promises of God, who enjoyed the life of the church. They, they, they knew the presence of the Lord in the battle. But they didn't believe and they are in hell. This is serious business. It doesn't get more serious than this. Children of the church, your parents' faith can't save you. Do you know that? Giving me good answers in the corner, looking for sweets in your sermon notes, that's not going to save you. Enjoying church isn't going to save you. All those things are good things, aren't they? But you need to trust Jesus and follow him for yourself. It's possible that you've been coming to Seoul or another church nearly all the days of your life. Maybe you've been here since the beginning or you've been a long time. It feels like, or for years before that in other places, or whatever. It's possible you come to church every Sunday and still not be a Christian. You can stand up in a church meeting and make a decision for Christ and still not be a Christian. You might think, well, ignorance is bliss. But it's not. You can't take action. You, you can't defend yourself. You can't deal with the danger if you don't know about it. Hoping it will be okay. But now you know, now you're aware there is a danger from this passage, from me talking to you right now. You've got to take action. You've got to do everything you can to avoid this danger, to escape hell. Don't put your fingers in your ears. Don't bury your head in the sand. Thankfully, the writer tells us already how we can make sure. How we can do that. How we can be saved. We have to run out the race and fix our eyes on Jesus. We've got to follow Jesus and grow. The Christian life is a life of progress. It's meant to be a life of progress. Often it's bumpy. Often we take two steps forward and three steps back. That works, something like that, isn't it? But progress. If you haven't grown at all, if you haven't grown at all, then perhaps you aren't alive. In our garden, every year, 
I worry that I've killed my red currant trees. Now, I'm proud of these red currant trees. I, uh, I was in B&Q. They were in the bargain basement bucket. They were meant to be like 15 quid originally. Got for both of three quid. Living the dream. All right. And uh, these red currant trees, every year I'm worried that I've killed them. Every year, obviously, they, they, die, they die back. And I think, well, are they going to grow back? Have they grown at all? Like, are they in the wrong place? The wrong, I've got the right shade. I haven't fed them enough or given them enough water. My gardening skills aren't as good as my wife's. So that's possible. And I think, oh, they haven't grown. That's it, they're dead. But then I look back at the pictures from years ago and I see that actually they have grown. Or I wait until I see the, the, the new buds and the leaves shooting out in spring. And they, oh, thank goodness. They're still alive. If you're a Christian, if you are a Christian, there should be signs of life. Signs of eternal life in your life. That's why the writer is talking about progressing from the basics of the gospel. Of moving on. Of growing up. Isn't it? When little babies, are, little babies they have to have milk, don't they? That's what they need. If you try and give McDonald's to a baby, it's going to end in tears. And possibly choking hazards. You know? But if you try and give a fully grown man baby milk, it's not, it's not going to do them any good, is it? It's all a little bit weird, isn't it? It's not that we ever get past them. It's not that we move on. Our sin and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his rising from the dead, they're all, they are the foundations of our faith. You have to have those. And you don't ever want to get past those in one sense. We're never too big time for the gospel. We always need the gospel. But these people that he's writing to, they're meant to be mature Christians. They're not new converts. They're not baby Christians. They're not unbelievers. They're meant to be mature Christians. They should be teaching others by now. They should be growing in, in grace. They're supposed to be on solid food, on the spiritual ribeye. You know? But they're still on baby milk. They haven't grown up. Because they haven't been listening. They haven't been paying careful attention. They haven't been following Jesus. And so they're in danger of falling away. Now I know that some of you love Jesus, or you know, at least love the idea of Jesus. But your commitment to church isn't great. You're not always here. Now, obviously, everything comes. This is not having a part of people who, you know, who have things come up and we're all ill or whatever and blah, blah, blah. But if you've hardly talked to him this week, the only time you pray is when you're in church, and you're in danger. You're in danger. The only way to make sure that you're a follower of Jesus is to follow Jesus. The only way to make sure you're a follower of Jesus is to follow Jesus. Now, our Lutheran friends uh, say that if you aren't receiving the means of grace, if you haven't got any, if you're not getting any grace, then you haven't got grace. You, you can lose your salvation. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. 
I think there's more going on when you actually trust Jesus. You are brought from death to life. Something happens inside of you and to you spiritually. But I am saying that it is possible to show signs of life without being alive. It's possible to show signs of life without being alive. Did you know that when you, put a, a, when you bury a body in a coffin, in the ground, the hair keeps growing? Do you know that? You know, imagine my beard. You know, after I've been in the ground ten years, how cool would that be? Anyway, your hair—you're not, you're not alive. It feels like a sign of life, doesn't it? So what I'm saying is, you better make sure. You better make sure. Now, bear with me. It's been said that you can divide everyone up in the, in this room, in the world, wherever. Into four groups of people. Listen carefully. Four groups of people. Number one. People who think they are Christians. And are. People who think they're Christians. And are actually Christians. Group number one. Group number two. People who don't think they're Christians. And aren't. Straightforward. Group number three. Those who think they're Christians. But aren't actually Christians. And number four, those who don't think they are, but actually are. So now, two of those categories of people, the first two, are simple and straightforward. If you're saved and you know it, that's great. If you aren't and you know you aren't, well, that's okay too. It's good to be honest, isn't it? It means you can simply follow Jesus and join group one. No problem. Then there's group four. People who might, people who think, who don't think they're Christians, but actually are. Or people who worry and struggle and doubt. Some of you might hear this sermon and worry that you aren't really a Christian. That you're gonna, despite showing lots of fruit, some people have very sensitive consciences. And I want to reassure you, without causing other people here, to become dull and not listen. I'd rather risk your doubt than, their, uh, than the people in the group three not hearing the warning. But I want to reassure you that if you want to follow Jesus, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not that Jesus is going to turn you away. The fact that you're worried is probably a good sign, isn't it? The fact that you care whether you're a Christian or not. If you confess your sins to Jesus and trust in his death on the cross and that God raised him from the dead, you will be forgiven. You will receive eternal life. Keep following Jesus. Don't stop. Don't be discouraged. It's good. It's okay. Some of you, though, you hardly hear the warning this evening. You think, oh, it's not for me. But I want you to realise that you are in grave danger. You can fool your parents. You can fool your kids. You can fool the rest of us here even. But you cannot fool God. If you haven't felt the need for forgiveness for a long time, then you are in grave danger. Now that sounds like it should be the opposite true, isn't it? Well, I'm doing all right. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a good boy. I'm a good girl. 
Well, I, I don't, well, you know, I can't, I can't remember the last time I need to ask God for forgiveness. I'm doing well, thank you very much. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, you said that you should be doing well. But that's the opposite of the truth. If that's what you think and what you feel, either you're incredibly, incredibly godly, makes Jimmy Christie look like me, or you're in grave danger. If you haven't been stirred by the truth of God's words in the preaching, or more likely in the RBT, or in the songs that we sing, if you're still acting like a baby, when you should be mature, you could be in real danger of hell. If you're not sure you're a Christian tonight, maybe just thinking about it right now, then you can make sure. You make sure. You run to Jesus in prayer and confess your sins and you follow him. Follow him. Listen to him. Pay careful attention to him. Don't go back to your old way of life. Fix your eyes on Jesus. As part of us, the really, really wants to very quickly say, just trust Jesus. You know, like, once you've trusted him, that's it. You can never be snatched away. Like, you might wobble, you might fall, that's okay. And those things are true. But in God's providence, we are doing this passage of the Bible today. This is the verses that God... I, 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 to honest, it's, been, this, it's been a hard sermon to prepare this week. Right? Stephen Stuart Ollier, who's like, like... He's older than Steve's granddad. Like he's the, the, like a Welsh legend. Uh, EMW OG, Stuart Ollier. Great guy. Bigger brain than ever. Apart from Paul Blackham. He says this is the hardest passage in the Bible. So, you know. But I want to lean into it. I want to hold us there for a minute. I know it's uncomfortable. I know some of you desperately want to... I'm not, you know... It's, it's uncomfortable. But you, we, in Christian life, we're called to fix our eyes on Jesus. Yes, you don't save yourself. Only Jesus can save you. You're not saved by your works. You can't keep yourself... Uh, you can't make get yourself to heaven. But to inherit the promise that you've been given, to receive Jesus, you need to follow him. You need to follow him. Fix your eyes on him. Ask him to forgive your sins, and they are forgiven. It's done. You don't have to earn it. You've got to really ask. Actually ask. Actually humble yourself and say, you know what? I'm not going to rely on being good rely on my own merit, rely on, you know, my works. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. Only Jesus can save you. Don't try and save yourself. But do everything you can to make sure you are following him. I don't, if, you know, I'm not trying, people, there's people here who are in that group number four, who, who love Jesus, who are Christians, but... Worry about there might not be. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't, I'm not trying to beat you up. If that's you, come and talk to me afterwards. All right, and I'll tell you whether I think you're a Christian or not. And no. <laughs> but come and talk to me. But everyone here needs to realise there is a grave danger. Being in church is not enough. Doing RBTs is not enough. 
You can taste the goodness. You can see how sweet it is to be part of God's family and not join in his family. Isn't it? That older brother in the parable of the lost son, isn't it? He's sitting outside. There's a party going on. There's a feast being held for his younger brother who was dead and now alive. And where does he stay? On the outside. Doesn't go in. In the story, he's not in heaven. He's not feasting with Jesus. Don't let that be you. Pray and ask God to reveal your heart to you. Ask him to give you life. Ask him to rescue you from yourself. If you ask, you, you shall receive, the Bible says. It's, not, it's, the, it's the not asking that condemns you. And if you've asked Jesus to save you, then I'm, he saved you. Don't distress. Children of soul, don't rest on your parents' faith. Don't rest on people telling you how good you are or how funny you are or how clever you are. You need to follow Jesus. You need to commit your life to following Jesus all the days of your life. Yeah, you'll get it wrong. Yeah, you'll mess up. But keep following Jesus. The promises of Jesus' death on the cross are for you. They're yours. Receive them. Tonight, I urge you, please, each one of you, choose life. Choose Christ. Put your trust in him. If you've enjoyed, ever enjoyed being in church, maybe you haven't, and that's fine. You know where you're at and we can talk to you. But if you've ever enjoyed being in church, don't let that be enough. You make sure tonight, you run to Jesus and ask him to save you. Let's pray together. Thank you for joining us for the Soul Church Sunday podcast. We hope it helped you and blessed you. We'd love to see you on a Sunday, 6pm in Neath Town Hall.